Okay, we are going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look at the top 10 most richest and dangerous hackers in the world. We're going to do a shared screen. Uh, so we're going to use our fair use policy. So we're going to bring up my uh, fair use popcorn. Boop. And we're going to watch this. And then after the video is done, we're going to get into a little bit of details on what it takes to be a hacker, how these people hack, what's coming up with the new uh, currency, the one digital currency that the United States is removing the U.S. dollar to turn into digital currency and how it expires. So we're going listen, to listen to a few things, excuse me, and we're going to get it going. But I want to say this to you. It is extremely easy to hack anyone's cell phone, their computers, their cars, whatever you can think of. Let's listen to this and we're going to give credit when credit is due. We're listening to 1% on YouTube. So we're, uh, we're going to use the fair use policy. Uh, we are live streaming this. So, you know, please excuse me for any hiccups that may happen. And uh, please do pardon me if there are some ads that pop up. We'll try to stop it as soon as possible and whatnot. But for the most part, I want you guys to realize how easy it is for people to hack into any one system. Uh, what I will say this, if a man and a woman created it, it can be easily broken. Let's get in. Let's get on with the show. There are many others who are equally and some even richer and dangerous than them. Some of them managed to hack into the military, confidential Pentagon information, and even data from NASA, banks, and government officials. Those are truly the definition of danger for the world. But before we get into this video, welcome to 1%. Here we talk about facts and facts only. And today we are here to show you the top 10 richest and dangerous hackers of all time. If you like our content, do subscribe and like the video as it helps with the content. Now without further ado, let's jump right into it. On number 10, we have Kevin Paulson. Kevin was a notorious hacker that went by the name Dark Dante. His sinister name was well known in the hacking community. Kevin specialized in hacking phone systems, especially the radio stations. It made only the calls from his house to make it through the radio station, making him a guaranteed winner in many contests. Paulson 1991 hack was iconic as it made him take over all the telephone lines in Los Angeles Kiss FM radio station, ensuring that he would be the 102nd caller and win a Porsche 944 S2. He was being haunted by the FBI at the same time he won a Porsche and $20,000 from a different station. Unlike others on this list, Kevin spent 51 months in federal prison for cyber crimes, which was the longest sentence for cyber criminals at that time. On number 9, we have Gary McKinnon, who rose to his notorious fame in 2002 after a suspicious message appeared on an army computer that said, Your security system is crap and I'm solo. I will continue to disrupt at the highest levels. After causing many headaches to the authorities, they were finally able to identify him as Gary McKinnon, a Scottish system administrator. In addition, he is also accused of conspiring with the biggest ever hack in the history of US computer networks, including NASA, Navy, Air Force, and even the Army. Imagine the amount of damage he is capable of if he's let loose. Luckily for the government, he is extradited to the US for illegally accessing almost a hundred computers and accessing data worth over $700,000. According to Gary, he was only in search for information on the UFOs, which he believed had secret information in the military computers. No matter the case, his feats are enough to cause the government to be on alert. On number 8, we have the Jew, Matthew Bevan and Richard Price, the only Jew on the list. They gave the U.S. government a roller coaster of a ride. Did they say Jew? They had breached Pentagon's so-called secured network. 
For many weeks in the 1994, Price was a young protege in hacking, who idealized Bevan, and so it was him who led him to his dark path. They stole the battlefield simulations from the Griffiths Air Force Base, intercepted encrypted messages from the American agents in North Korea, but what made them truly dangerous is when they got access to the Korean nuclear facility. Price at that time was only 16, while Bevan, his mentor, was 21. It caused major concerns in the US government, as they did not know whether this dude was using their system to gain access to North Korea or South Korea's nuclear facilities. Thankfully for them, it was South. Otherwise, it could have been easily a full-on war with North Korea. They were arrested soon afterwards. They have also attacked the NATO and NASA, but those pale in comparison to their other works we mentioned above. On number 7, we have George Hotz. He is more commonly known as the Jailbreak Artist. How many prisons do you think he had to break out of to earn that name? Well, none. He was actually one of the first person to jailbreak PlayStation 3. Not to mention, he is the man behind April's 2011 PlayStation breach, which caused a huge uproar at that time. It explains why he is almost always in court battle with Sony. Although he never admitted to these crimes, he did release publicly how to jailbreak the PlayStation 3. He has also been associated with the group Anonymous, which has caused the most monetary damage to PlayStation that they have ever seen. But Hodes denied their relationship to the group, saying running homebrew and exploring security on your device is cool. Hacking into someone else's server and stealing database of user information is not cool. Though his words are somewhat true, we can only speculate whether he meant to taunt Sony or is actually speaking the truth. On number 6, we have Jonathan James, probably one of the youngest hackers of his time, since he became notorious at the age of 16. When he was sent to prison for 6 months for hacking, he hacked some of the highest profile government systems, including the Department of Defense, NASA. Throughout that time, he had access to data worth more than $1.7 million, and though he had one of the most notorious starts, he had feared that he would be prosecuted for crimes he did not commit and committed suicide almost a decade later. If he had been alive today, he would definitely have his name higher up on the list. On number 5, we have Michael Callis. He is also known famously as Mafia Boy. He was arrested in 2000 for causing a denial-of-service attack that brought many high-profile websites to their knees. This website includes Amazon, eBay, and Yahoo. Michael's lawyer even said that if he was to use his full power, he could have done so much unimaginable damage that it would even make this situation look minor. While his methods of hacking are unknown, he surely caused one of the biggest monetary losses to these websites and disrupted the trust in online security systems. Who knows what would happen if he used his full power on the same sites now? The damage would surely be in millions. On number 4 we have Vladimir Levine. Vladimir looks like a hacker straight out of James Bond movie. He was an average guy working in 94 on his laptop in his apartment. But what was he working on? Well, he transferred over 10 million dollars from the Citibank lines to his own account. Although his other feats are yet unknown, he caused huge devastation at that time and was caught. Out of the millions he stole, only 400k were not retrieved, though his endeavors may not be as fruitful as others on the list. He did casually stole 10 million dollars, and if he had remained uncaptured, Just casually. who knows what else he could be capable of. On number 3, we have Kale Gamble. He was one of the most important members of an online hacking group called CWA, a crackers with attitude. In 2016, 
Kale did the unthinkable by hacking the personal account of some high-profile US government officials, including the email account of former CIA director John Burnham and the home internet account of former director of national intelligence James Clapper. Not to mention, he also gained access to several other US government portals and tools. But what makes him the most dangerous is that he was just 15 years old at that time. He was arrested and sentenced for two years in prison. And even though he was released, he still has no access to a computer or internet for a year. Now he's looking forward to a bright future by working in cybersecurity. That's what they say. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. On number 2, we have Albert Gonzalez. Just at the age of 12, he bought his own PC, and just within two years, he hacked into NASA, causing FBI to pay him a visit in his high school. By the time he was 28, he had accumulated a massive fortune through his credit card theft system. It was dubbed as Operation Get Rich or Die Trying. In total, he had stolen over 180 million payment card accounts from companies like Dave & Buster's, Office Max, and Boston Markets. He made backdoors in several notable company websites and stole over 250 million, one million dollar of which was found in his parents' backyard. He is famously known as one of the richest and most dangerous hackers of all time, deserving this spot on our list. On number one, we have Kevin Mitnick notoriously known as the most dangerous and famous hacker of all time. Kevin has a list of full cyber crimes, which led to his two-year chase involving many arrests, incarcerations. It went to the point that the hacking community itself rose up and collectively protested against what they considered a witch hunt. Kevin is now the face of hacking and social engineering as he gives security awareness training. Though he's only a shadow of what he used to be, if the peak Kevin stood up, it would definitely cause major concerns, as he was known as the guy who could start a nuclear war by whispering a code in a telephone. Wow, that says a lot about these hackers and how easily they're able to hack millions of companies, millions of people's accounts. Very extremely easy to do. I know you guys are saying, well, Darshan, how do you know that it's so easy? Well, for years, I've studied, you know, what's a black uh, hat hacker, um, what is a... A gray hat hacker and a white hat hacker and I'm going to give you guys a definition and I'm also going to link these definitions and these uh, websites in the description so feel free to go check those out but for the most part we're just going to read it to let you guys know exactly what these definitions are and how I know about them so uh, vividly if you will um, so a black hat hacker definition is black hat hackers are criminals who break into computer networks and maliciously intent uh, they also release malware and destroy files, etc. Right. So that's a black hat hacker. Uh, let's tell you about the white hat hacker. Uh, white hat hackers, sometimes also called ethical hackers or good hackers, are the antithesis of black hats. They exploit computer systems or networks to identify their security flaws so they can make recommendations for improvement. And last but not least, let's go ahead to the gray hat hackers. Uh, gray hat hackers are somewhere between the white hat and the black hat. Uh, gray hat hackers intact a blend of both black and white uh, criminal activities, if you will. Uh, but gray hat hackers often look into vulnerabilities in a system without the owner's permission or knowledge. If issues are found, they report them to the owner, sometimes requesting a small fee to fix the problem. So if you are familiar with any of these hacking tactics, these have been used on all of us. Uh, they will email you, you through your phone system, sometimes through direct mail, you know, and also, uh, well, of course, email and direct mail that you get in your mailbox. 
And the reason I know about this is because there was once upon a time I was going to write a book about hacking. And in order to know how to hack, you have to kind of do some research on what what software you're supposed to use and what type of people you were going to look up. So for me, what I had learned about most of these uh, hacking software or tools, if you will, were uh, NMAP, uh, Metasploit, and Aircrack-NG. Those are typically some of the hacking softwares that have been created by some of the best hackers in the world, where they end up getting into government officials' emails and basically really diving into anybody's personal accounts. So if you've ever had anything on social media, you can always tie that to a social security number, if you will. They call it social media because you're socializing with other people in the media network. However, it's also a social security identification footprint that you leave behind. So when people just miraculously, you know, pass away or whatever the case may be, they also leave behind a social footprint. And a lot of times that social footprint is tied to who you are with your social security number. Now, that's not to say that these people just you know, explicitly looking up your social security number. But I'm trying to tell you that if you have a social security number and you have social media, someone can still easily tie those two together, cause identity theft. It happens every single day, every single year, and it will not stop happening unless the internet just disappears. But other than that, the internet's not going to disappear. Therefore, this is going to keep on happening. Now, how can you avoid it? The only way the only way you can avoid ever getting your business hacked, your personal accounts hacked, is if you never put your information out onto social media. Uh, also, if you never become a public uh, voter or register. But since you guys are so into politics and everything else of that nature, it's kind of one of those things that you can't really avoid. So you're going to somebody can always easily get your information. Hell, they can even steal information from the dead if the dead still have active wills or active uh, inheritance that they're still passing down to their children generations later. Um, as you can see, some of the top hackers uh, such as where is his name? Uh, such as um, Kevin Micknick and Albert uh, Gonzalez, those guys are very smart. Um, and when they call them dangerous, they're talking about they're talking about these guys are dangerous, but they're also talking about they're dangerous for the environment when it comes down to how these guys can easily infiltrate some of the most uh, expensive software or uh, how they can backdoor basically anybody's account. Now, I also mentioned earlier from the beginning of the video, we were going to talk about the the one currency that's getting ready to come into place. Uh, I was watching this video the other day that my father sent me. And in a roundabout way, they were saying that the U.S. dollar is going to go into a digital format permanently, right, which is, is going to reduce the actual value of the paper dollar, $1, $2 bill, 5 10 etc. And then it's going to turn into just digital currency. Now, if you ever remember them sending out these stimulus package, that was kind of the test run for them to say, hey, we just magically pulled this stimulus out of the air. We subtracted from this and divided it by this. So we're going to give you guys this amount. And it, it miraculously popped up in everybody's bank account within three, what's it, three weeks to like a month. Right. So that was them testing it out. Now, I'm going to link a video and also a website in the description talking about this uh, one currency that the United States is doing and what are the ramifications that it's going to cause a lot of us to face in the near future. Um, what's going to happen is a lot of this stuff is going to simply put us in a social 
status where they're going to keep up with everything that we're purchasing, right? And also, there's a point in there where, depending on certain accounts, however much money you have in there, that money can expire. And that's very scary. So it could be going to a place where they're trying to make everybody on one financial level, which is it's somewhat okay, but also dangerous. Um, it could minimize a lot of criminal activity, um, which is what they're trying to do, because a lot of people can easily digitally alter different bank accounts and or gift cards. Um, there are some software and some systems to where you could... Um, digitally fake your bank account if you will but you i don't want to get into that but again going back to what i said earlier learning how to do this type of stuff came from me learning uh, or wanting to learn how to uh, hack into systems and how easy it is because there are so many cybersecurity companies that always get hacked uh, there are hundreds, if not thousands of banks that get hacked all the time there are companies that get hacked where they send out emails saying hey we just um we just hijack your company, pay the ransom in order to get everything back. So they end up having like all these employee social security numbers, address and so on and so forth, um, that type of deal. So I hope I kind of answered you guys question again. I'm going to link everything in the description so you can kind of do your own research. But I just wanted you guys to really see how easy it is for people to hack into your system, um, no matter if you have a VPN, uh, even if you think you're off the grid. There are people who can still find you. They can still take your money. They, they can really destroy your whole entire life if they wanted to. Uh, hopefully they don't do that to you guys. Hopefully you guys are, you know, kind of living life, you know, somewhat on the cautious side. But again, should you be worried about it? No. Um, but should you be kind of concerned about what's happening? Yes, um, because this is going to be a part of your well-being if you will so anyway my name is darshan mcaway this was a short podcast youtube video about streaming hopefully i answered you guys questions a little bit about hacking without telling too much on myself but i'm very familiar with a lot of the systems that are being used i'm extremely knowledgeable about what happens and how to hack into people's accounts and i will say this um it's not worth it when you look at what most of those hackers did just to get some money because most of them face jail time and basically they ruin their whole lives for the rest of their lives. So it's not worth it. I think you should become knowledgeable on how people do hack into systems and or bank accounts so you can just be a little bit more cautious. But to actually go into hacking is really not worth it because it will take so much away from your life and the people who care for you dearly. Once again, my name is Darshan McAway, and we are talking about how hackers steal billions of dollars. I will catch you guys on the next go round. We are out.